Hello, this is The Scene Podcast. It's Tuesday, February 20th. I'm Patrick Prince, joined by scene writer Jimmy Trammell. Uh, Jimmy, last week you and our editor Jason Collington had a great conversation about your Footloose story. So for those who haven't had a chance to read that, I would encourage you to go on our website and check it out. Really good story by Jimmy on the 40th anniversary of Footloose. Uh, But today we're going to talk about something, Jimmy, that you and I were both at the Eagles last Tuesday at the BOK Center. Uh, It was your second time to see them, their sixth time playing at the BOK Center. Uh, Why don't you just take it from here and kind of tell us your general thoughts? Well, obviously, it's a the long goodbye tour, which presumably, presumably, it's our last tour stop in Tulsa. But kind of my takeaway from the whole experience was, uh, gee, why does it have to be the end? They're still at the top of their game. So no one is clamoring to kick the Eagles out the door. I mean, uh, just keep this tour going for another go around. We're good with that. Completely agree, Jimmy. I, uh, of course, this is the band that once named a tour the Goodbye One Tour. Or no, no, the, I think it was the Farewell One Tour. They okay. thought that was a little cagey way to name it. So, But you're right. They're, I, I was trying to think of one, just a series of one words to describe it. And it was just, I came up with words like stunning and crisp and perfect. I mean, they just, they continue to sound amazing. You're, you're right. They're so on their game. And uh, I don't know if that's because they rehearse like heck or they just demand... Uh, you know, note perfect. You know, Def Leppard is the same way. They're note perfect to what they're, it sounds like they're on the radio uh, when you hear Def Leppard. But the Eagles are, it's just a fantastic experience. And and if there's a a greater U.S. rock band in America, or obviously in America, if there's a greater U.S. born rock band, I don't know what it is. Yeah, they, uh, now, I remember I first saw them in 94 in Oklahoma City at the Myriad, and I remember driving to see that show. I was uh, in college at the time, and I I just, by fluke of luck, heard a great interview on them getting back together, going back on tour, and they mm. talked about in that interview on the radio the pains that they went through to ensure that they sounded good. And that they they were very particular about things like microphones and where they were placed and, you know, all all the things. Sure. And it completely shows. I've never I've seen them three times. They've never not sounded awesome. Well, and you and I had an email exchange also. And I think we established that if you don't like the Eagles, you're pretty much just a music snob. And you've decided that because something's popular, you don't like it because there's everything to like about the Eagles. Uh, as I wrote in the review, they perfected the soup. I mean, it's perfect. All the ingredients are perfect. Uh, Desperado was never released as a single, and yet it's you know playing on classic radio right now, and Rolling Stone named it one of the top uh, 500 songs of all time. They perfected the soup. What are some of your favorite songs that you heard the other night? Oh, Lord. Just, just everything. I mean, the entire catalog you just love. I did some math before the show, before the last show at BOK Center. And uh, you think, gee, you know, what songs do they play? They played 46 different songs in their six shows at BOK Center. And granted, some of that is bloated a little bit by uh, the Long Road Out of Eden Tour, the new, the, their newest album. When they first played the BOK Center, they were playing more songs of their fresh material, which you tend to do because you want to move the album, right? But... Now, those songs have kind of gone off the set list, 
and it's just back to classic Eagles Eagles stuff. Even though I like those Long Road Out of Eden songs, they're just uh, as I mean, they fit right in with the rest of the catalog. Yeah, I mean, and again, back to you know, you and I were emailing back and forth. It was a great show. They played what twenty songs, uh, yeah. two hours set. Uh, of course, Steely Dan opened. They played about an hour. Um, you don't want to complain about what you didn't hear because you heard so many great classic songs. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it would have been cool to hear a couple of uh, songs off the Eden album. It, it's a great album. I would have loved to have heard those. I, I didn't see them at that time when that album, album came out. So mm -hmm. I've never heard those songs live. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? This is the first time they had an opening act at BOK Center. And I was glad they did because uh, it was just a change of pace. You got to hear another uh, classic band play their hits. And uh, granted, it, it eliminated like eight songs from the Eagles set list that you probably would have heard otherwise. But to me, it was just like having your um, your cake and eating it too, that you got to see uh, basically an Eagles greatest hit show plus Steely Dan. Jimmy, didn't you feel the way they opened with Seven Bridges Road? Just just sort of, set, even though it's, a, it's an acapella song, it just right. sort of set the perfect tone. Yeah, it lets you know these guys can harmonize, and here's what you're in for. Yeah. I thought uh, Already Gone was particularly good, and I don't know why I think that. It's not necessarily one of my favorites, but I just thought they did it really, really well. I don't know. Was was there any song like that that just sort of stood out to you where you're like, they all sound great, but this one right. sounds maybe a little better than the others for whatever reason? Well, Vince Gill sounds like he could have been with the Eagles forever and not just lately because, he I mean, he fits right in. Maybe it's that uh, pure Prairie League background that he has, you know, back in the day. And um, Don Henley seems very appreciative that Deacon Fry and Vince Gill are people who allow them to carry on uh, today and tour. I mean, they could tour without them, but they had so much more adding those two extra uh, voices. But going back to your question, I am fascinated by uh, what Joe Walsh brings to the table because anytime Joe Walsh brings one of his songs or a James gang song to the table, it's like the crowd gets on steroids all of a sudden. Uh, I mean, all the Eagles catalog and songs are great, but for people just jump on the Joe Walsh bandwagon when it's his time in the show. Yeah, that's a great point. It's, it's almost like a show within a show, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. And they're smart to let them do the, uh, you know, life's been good to me so far. And, uh, you know, the, the James gang songs, uh, he, he brings it really an element of fun to the show. I should say that's the main thing that he seems fun. Yeah, that's a good word. And I think, you know, uh, his name is Stuart Smith. Uh, he's been playing guitar with him. Mm -hmm. What seems like what, 20 years now, maybe since Don Felder left a long time forever, forever. forever. He, yeah. The, just as like note perfect as he is, he seems like the perfect compliment to Walsh as well, I, I feel like. I wonder why they just don't say, um, you know, you don't think of him as an official member of the Eagles, but yet he is. I mean, just add him, take him from the practice squad, put him on the <laughs> roster, you know, I mean. Well, and he, he was co-writer on some of the songs on the Eden album as well. I mean, he's mm. he's mm. written with them. Yeah. How many times did you say you've seen the Eagles, Patrick? 
Three times. Uh, I saw him in 94, and then last year, and then Tuesday. Picking a best concert ever is really a uh, fool's goal. There's no really no such thing as the best concert ever. But it reminds me of uh, one of my cousins asked me once, like, what's, what's the best concert you've ever seen? And when I talked to asked him the same question. And we came to the conclusion of, gee, I don't know if Paul McCartney was, but who's better than Paul McCartney? And you can kind of say the same thing about the Eagles, too. Like, uh, I don't know if that's the best concert I've seen, but who's better? That's a great way to put it. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I just and I and I keep thinking what you said earlier. I don't. I mean, they've been touring a long time, you know, but they're still so good. You, you, if it was the last time, that's that's kind of sad because they they sound and they look they look pretty good. You know, they look like they're holding up pretty well, uh, and they still sound just brilliant. Yeah, and hopefully they got another uh, leg in them, that this can be just leg one of the farewell tour, and they'll come back around for uh, leg two. But it, I mean, since they opened BOK Center, I mean, it'd be wonderful for Tulsa if they ended their farewell tour in Tulsa, but typically that's going to happen in, you know, California or something like that. I think that, you know, KISS ended in New York because that's where their roots were. So if you pick the perfect spot for the Eagles to finish up, it will likely be in California somewhere. Hotel California. <laughs> nice, Jimmy. Nice. Uh, what do you think of Deacon Fry? Uh, I, I enjoy him. He seems – it was interesting because the, the time I saw them in 2018, it was on Father's Day at BOK Center. And they, uh, you know, they acknowledged that here's Deacon Fry, the son of Glenn Fry, playing at a Father's Day concert for – uh, the Eagles and the crowd was really appreciative of that. So, uh, I think it's just great that the, that you know the legacy keeps it going. Yeah, he he did he performed with the Eagles for a while and then announced that he wasn't. And yep. so I didn't see him last year with them. Uh, so it, for me, it was really good to see Deacon Fry play with the Eagles. And I don't know if you noticed this, Jimmy. Maybe you did. I'm pretty sure he was playing his dad's guitar. On already gone. Now he may have played it on other songs too. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, but if you if you if you're a Glenn Fry fan and or the Eagles yeah. fan, Glenn Fry had this uh, guitar. I think it was a Gibson Les Paul Junior. It's kind of. I think it's kind of black or dark colored. And uh, he played it all through the Eagles and played it on some of his solo career. And that guitar's even in a couple of videos. I think it was in the Heat Is On video Ooh. from the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Anyway, it looked like. That's the guitar Deacon was playing near the end. I thought that was a nice little little tribute. In 2018, they did play Tulsa Time as part of their set list. And Don Henley incorrectly uh, credited J.J. Kell, but it's, it's not a J.J. Kell song. But I was hoping there might be some little Easter egg like that at this uh, most recent show that they would give a, you know, because of Vince Gill playing a home state show, they might do some kind of Easter egg song for him. But, uh, you know, Great show regardless. Yeah, but yeah, good point. I'm a huge fan of Lion Eyes. I think that might be my favorite Eagle song if I had to pick one. What what about you? You know, I, I really don't have a favorite Eagle song. I enjoy the whole catalog and I even enjoy uh the solo efforts of uh Glenn Fry and uh Don Henley. I, I wore out Dirty Laundry, you know, back on the radio back in the day when it first came out. And to me, uh, if you had to pick one Don Henley song to be on the Eagles set list, 
I think they picked the right one. I think Boys of Summer, which he dedicated to Jimmy Buffett, is just a fantastic song. And you know who uh, who wrote that song? I don't. Uh, oh, his name is, oh my gosh, his name is escaping me. Tom Petty's guitar, Mike Campbell. Oh, did he really? Wow. Mike, Mike Campbell wrote that song, or at least a, a, a demo. I don't think, I don't know okay. if he wrote like the lyrics and all that. I think Don Henley did that, but he presented it to Tom Petty. Mike Campbell yeah. did. And Tom apparently wasn't hip on the song. So he gave it to Don Henley and it became one of his signature, signature songs. And Mike Campbell's coming to town uh, for a carny fest here pretty quick. So we'll just have to ask him about that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's maybe, I don't know, five, seven years old, but there's a really cool performance of that song, Boys of Summer, that Don Henley did on uh, Howard Stern show. Have you seen it? I have to go look at seek it out. I haven't seen it. It's really good. It's really different. I mean, he's got the whole yeah. band there. I mean, like they do on Howard Stern. They don't, they oh. don't, they, they bring in, you know, the, the band. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a more, I'll just, you just need to go check it out. It, it's, it looks a little different, uh, but it's good. It's a real good, I, th I think he's in like a red shirt, but yeah, go, go YouTube it. It's really, really good. What do you think attendance was, Jimmy? I'm always I'm always curious with attendance figures. They they didn't release official figures, correct? They did verify it as a sellout, even though you could get tickets uh, day of show, and it did set a record for the highest single grossing show one day event in BOK history. I mean, it holds what not 18, 19? Yes. And it was yeah, it was it was full except for the little uh, back part behind the stage. But, well, Jimmy, uh, before we get out of here, I mentioned it at the top, but why don't you take just a second or two and talk about uh, your Footloose story? I, I, as I said in the beginning, if you haven't read this, it's really worth your time. Uh, Jimmy, take it from there. Um, just the, the basics. Uh, Footloose, the film, turned 40 this month, uh, released in 1984. It was written by Dean Pitchford, who also co-wrote all the songs on the soundtrack, which is just amazing. He's going in the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame this year, deservedly so. But uh, people may not know, I mean, my, I have friends who didn't know that the story of Footloose in the film was inspired by uh, something that happened in, in Oklahoma town, Elmore City in 1980. The town had a public law against dancing or uh, couldn't dance in public, but so the kids didn't get a prom. They always had a junior senior banquet, and they would just go home or go bowling or something. No prom. In 1980, uh, the students said, "Hey, we'd like to have a prom," and they waged this campaign to have a prom that somehow went viral before you being viral was such a thing. It made national news. People Magazine covered uh, this historic prom in Elmore City. Uh, Dean Pitchford, who wrote Footloose saw a, you know, a little bitty short newspaper story in the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, and it caught, it caught his attention. And, he, and from that, he visited Elmore City, wrote the movie Footloose. It's not like the actual true step-by-step -step based on here's what happened in Elmore City, but it certainly was the seed that planted the idea for Dean Pitchford. And of course, you went to Elmore City recently to to do some reporting and kind of talk to some folks, which I thought, which I thought was interesting. I love it. You know, when, when you're doing a story like that, when, when we can actually go to those places and talk to those people. So yeah, really, really good story and fun, a fun read if you haven't checked it out.
Well, Jimmy, let's leave it there uh, for this Good. week. The Scene Podcast will be back next week. Jimmy, appreciate the knowledge. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, Patrick.